welcome to another episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Harbro, for their continued support. This week on Top Lines and Tales, I'm welcoming a character down there from south of England in precisely East Sussex there, a breeder, a showman, a judge, and you can always hear him. It's uh, it's Jason Wareham. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Andy. Jason, I said yeah, you and I have known each other a long time, been uh, showing cattle a long time, fat stock cattle in the early days, Birmingham, Smithfield there, and they'd be your own cattle back then, uh, you know, a long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago when we was uh, Smithfield. Uh, so I used to go there with Dickie Wright. First went to Smithfield when I was 13. Mm-hmm. Um, was allowed to go for the weekend and then got a lift back down the road with George Reed on the Monday night to get back down to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly remember you being there. Hey, what an education that was. Hey, better than any school could give you. Yeah, it was with good times. Never be seen again, unfortunately, but we had some bloody good times when we were there. We had some good times. It's not everyone says that we had some good times. It's not about the good time, it's the education that we got there, Jason, isn't it? Didn't we learn we a lot? Did, yeah, we did learn a lot watching clipping and everybody at it and yeah. Just time to study. We all thought we were fairly good until you got amongst some of those Scottish boys and the way they could feed the animal and grow the hair on them and bring them out. It was, it was, it was just, it was mind blowing, really, how, how good they were, how much better than back then the Scottish cattle were, were than us, you know, certainly in my younger days. Yeah, yeah, they're very good. Um, the presentation was uh, totally different. And getting that hair, you get that hair and you got someone to work with then, aren't you? Yeah. You got the hair, you're halfway there, aren't you? Well, we'll go on to that in a second, because obviously you've learned a few lessons from down there, I guess, would have left an imprint with you. But we're going back to your origins. You're from Dorset originally, is that right? I said you're in East Sussex, but you're in Dorset originally. Whereabouts? And, and uh, yeah, um, where did you start? We was down there, a uh, little village called Winterbourne White Church down in Dorset, um, family farm. Um, started with the show, and my granddad always used to do a few fat stalkers for the local Christmas shows at Dorchester and Winbourne and Wareham, and um, that's where we started, really, showing fat calves, and then on to fat stockers at the local shows. That's pretty much the same as myself. I think that's what the, the, the local fat stock shows were a great institution. Again, some of them are still going, but obviously not, but then you must have progressed on to better things, took your own your own cattle out, started taking your own cattle there. Still, still take your own cattle to Smithfield when you're done, just about. The last year of Smithfield was the only year we got there. With, year me and Sarah was first together. Was the, the first year we actually had our own cattle in Smithfield, okay. which was um, yeah good to be there with your own cattle. And, uh, but unfortunately, last year, yeah, sad it was. And uh, we all thought there was another one coming, and uh, uh, we got hoodwinked on that one. Hey, that's another story in itself. But uh, yeah, you mentioned Sarah there, and, and and you and Sarah been together a while now. And Sarah's grandfather, well, the family are from Tottingworth, and I said that's. East Sussex, been there a while, about 30 miles south of London, would I say, roughly, if I give my American friends a bit bit of a pin in the map there? Yeah, yeah, about, yeah, about 30, yeah, about for about 30, 30 miles from London, um, Sarah's granddad come here, oh, in the early 50s, bought the place and started farming here, he come out of London originally, and um, yeah, had his abattoir, and we've got a farm shop and a cafe now, unfortunately, the abattoir is shut. Because just trouble with staff and vets and what have you, but the farm shop and the cafe's going from strength to strength. Okay, and then uh, you've been there. Uh, how long have you been across in that? In that but when did you make that move? Oh, I've been here with Sarah twenty year now. Right. Okay. So you'll have seen the the farm shop grow, and obviously grandfather was still involved in it back then. I guess was he, and uh, you'll have seen the whole thing, whole business uh, move on. 
Yeah, when we got together, um, Denny, Sarah's granddad, was, wasn't was very well, in all fairness to him. And Sarah was running it. I've been running it for a fair time, overseeing it. And now, you know, she took over the leadership role and runs a lot, like, you know, the, the farm shop and the, runs the farm and the cafe and, you know, we're... Um, just a mere employee, nearly. <laughs> She's the boss. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the I've seen the way that you're you you've, you've been subservient to it in, in, in the shows there, <laughs> Jason. Because we you know it, you know it. <laughs> we know it through the shows. But let's just talk a little bit more about that. You know that that, that business. And it's a, what a two hundred fifty acre farm now, or something. And then the farm shop came in in was it twenty eleven that the farm shop started? What 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 got that going? <laughs> yeah, um, Sarah wanted to make more of our own stuff by we were selling it to butchers and wholesale butchers through the abattoir, but wanted to make more of our own stuff and selling it to the public and cutting out the middleman, really. That's where it all stems from. Okay, and we um, go, go back to the abattoir then. So the abattoir was there when you got there. You say sadly closed now, but I mean, that's uh, the abattoir. You're butchering your own animals and a few other people's animals as well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were killing old bats in the foot and mouth times is the busiest times, but uh, we was killing for us and other people 40 to 60 cattle a week and 300 lambs a week. And when we were killing pigs, 150 pigs a week right. um, for local farmers and local butchers as well. And all our own stuff was going through, going through there and then being done as wholesale, like, you know, before the shop, before the shop come on the scene. Okay. So the wholesale, you'd be taking them in and selling them, buying them in and selling them on, or just killing for people and then them selling their own on? You'd be buying them in? Um, both, really. Killing, buying, feeding and killing and selling our own beef and killing for other farmers who were selling to butchers and, and killing for butchers out of the markets. Okay. Okay. It gives you a little bit, I mean, you would have been involved in that. I assume the avatar was still going there when, when you first went there, Jason. You've been involved in that a little bit on, on that side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The store has been shut the store as January this year. Right. Um, but up until then, we'd all been involved and see both sides of the story, live and dead. I think that's a, that's a fantastic thing. I was talking to uh, somebody, I think it was the, the podcast I did with Jim Stobo, talking about the live and dead, and to actually see the animals live and then be involved in the, in the killing them and the carcass and the butchering them as well gives you a huge advantage, not just in the in the in the beef world, but also in in the in the show ring as well. I mean, the, the, the live animals, you know what they come out like. That's dead right. Yeah, it's a lot of difference when you see them alive and see them dead. And everybody, if anybody got an opportunity, does a show in, they go and see show cat lung up or any cat lung up. It's well worth going to see it because they'd be surprised at the results. Sure, and and uh, not just surprised, I suppose, <laughs> by looking at them. I've I've looked at them in the, you know, the Birmingham and Smithfield. They used to have the live and dead animals there, and you look at them through a through a, a, a window. But when you actually get involved in butchering them, you're seeing a lot more than we just see a carcass hanging on a hook there, and and uh, and you see where the fat and the muscle is, and it's not always where you think it was going to be, is it? No, that's right. That's right. Different shapes and different. Well, like, <laughs> Back the old story of the hair again, isn't it? Where the hair is placed and where there's there ain't no hair to hide nothing when they're dead. That's that's very true. <laughs> a good statement, and uh, and likewise with a rump as well. You guys, you guys, if you're selling, you know, retail, which you are now through the farm shop, and we'll go on to that. But uh, we're selling it, it, for all we look for a big rump, you know, a wide arse end, and and some the, the plates on the top of there. Your, your money cuts are still in the middle, aren't they? Yeah, the sun, where the sun shines is where the money is. Always has been, always will be. <laughs> that top on a beast, that's where the money is. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and and if we look for, as I said, the sheep is a different thing, maybe with a with a jigger, because obviously the the lambs are needing that. But with the beef, you know, the American guys will say to us, "What do you want all that extra rump on there for?" Because you know, in America they mince that stuff. I mean, you obviously you get a market for rump steak, but it, a lot of that goes what roasting joints and and, and uh, yeah, a lot of it is um, <clears throat> your mince and your um, and your stewing steak and whatever. You know what I mean? It's um, it's not. Everybody wants to see it, but it ain't really wanted in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? You're 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 better some ways with a native cross bullock, and not so much asking a good top to him for your eating quality than what you are with these big assed, hard fleshing cattle. That's with an interesting it, statement, know. especially coming from you, because we'll go on to what you do with with the guys, yeah. with the blues as well, and showing fat cattle, and you judge fat cattle, and, and we all look. I mean, you, um. We all judge as well. We all look for that width across the you know, the top of the back end, the top of the tail head, which you know it, it's still got good beef in there. But I mean that depth down down the back end there, and, and it is a bit of an ante really to uh, to to what the butcher wants. Yeah, you're right, Andy. You know, plenty of top. That's what you want. Plenty of top to him. Okay, okay. And we go on to the the farm shop. Then it started in 2011, I think, and then expanded again in 2016. And uh, yeah, did you move? You move premises to something sort of bigger, better. Uh, yeah. Came in. Uh, the first farm shop used to be an old bullpen in the yard that Sarah got co- uh, permission and converted into a little shop, and then decided to go bigger. She and put the cafe in and um, the straw shed opposite. Got changed planning on that and put a new shed up there, and got the cafe in one side and the farm shop in the other side. So is, is it a, all a partition in the middle, like you know? all pretty much on the farm, right where you are, then out the door? Yeah, 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 all on the farm, just outside the house, really. Yeah, all on the farm. <laughs> Doesn't give you a lot of peace there, Jason. People knocking on the door saying, "Can I get a get a pound of mince at <laughs> ten o'clock at night?" <laughs> no, 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 not too bad. <laughs> okay, and you've got it. As I said, you expanded to the cafe as well, and it's about bringing footfall in. It's about bringing people in. Diversification. A lot of people listen to this podcast where we all looking at diversification as we all are now but it's about footfall and you're you're a fairly busy area i mean not like the guys in the, on top of the mountain in in the cairngorms you're a fairly busy part of the world a fairly um well populated uh, part of the world down there but you get footfall past the door there or, or you still have to work at it and advertise to get people in? no we got a lot of footfall get a lot of people telling people and you know what i mean coming in word of mouth um a lot of footfall, a lot of affluent down here with the, you know, second homes and people working in London and what have you. But like the local, the local idea for the meat and the veg, they come and buy it at the farm shop. That's interesting when you say second homes there, Jace, because um, you're in the, it's the high high wheel, is it they call it down there in Sussex? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. an area of outstanding beauty, covers a few, a few counties, or steps into a few counties down there. And, and you're fairly high up as well, I mean, a pretty part of the world. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very, very pretty. When I first moved up here from Dorset, people said, how are you getting on living so close to London? I said, well, it ain't much different to Dorset. I said, there's trees and grass everywhere. Yeah. But they couldn't, you know, it's, it's, it's a very pretty part of the world for people to come and have a look and see, like, you know. And that brings a few in, I guess. You on the hill, there's some nice views out from the cafe. There, bring people in. Yeah, I think you've got a children's play area and various things there. It's about again diversification, yeah, right. bringing the bringing the guys in for, for all sorts of reasons. Yeah, people can come in with the kids. Liking, there's a bit of a play area and what have you, and a few ducks on the pond, and 
they can see the sheep out the field and the belt is at the front and what have you. And there's, there's a footpath runs down the driveway and up under Pundit's Town. So you have people coming on the footpath and on through, stopping the cafe for coffee and get a bit of bit of meat for tea and wander on like, you know. <laughs> Sounds ideal. Sounds ideal, as you said, to have that yeah, that number of folks going in. What, what kind of staff have you got there? I mean, you manage most of this yourself. There's a, I think, is Sarah's brother involved in the business as well? Sarah's brother does all the tractor work on the farm. Sarah runs a cafe in the farm shop and employs on and off part-timers as well. There's about 15 members of staff in the cafe in the shop. Okay, which takes a bit of managing in itself and she handles all that as well. I mean, managing staff, as you know, is probably as hard as managing livestock, isn't it? Yeah, I'd rather have under cattle than I would have one member of staff. <laughs> And let's go on to the cattle. Well, hang on, just go back a little bit. You were, you were in your younger days. I remember you were a haulier. You ran a wagon yeah, from from probably when you first started to drive. I think, and you still did a bit of hauling. Have you packed that in? You've been hauling cattle. Yeah, no, we're still doing the audit as well. Still doing the audit as well. That's uh, yeah, fourth generation of cattle auditors from great grandfather, grandfather and father, and just carried on through. Like you know, um, got a decker and got a four wheeler and stick at it as well. Like you know. Okay, and where are you hauling cattle to and from? Oh, fair bit of local and then cattle away to abattoirs and sheep out the north down to here. It's all over a bit, really, you know. It's, it'd be nice to stay local, but it don't work like that these days, unfortunately. A few drivers on or are still you behind the wheel? No, just me and me and, yeah, me and me and Sarah. Sarah, when we're real pushed, if she got time amongst everything else, you know. <laughs> yeah, she sounds like you're spreading her fairly thin. Uh, yeah, I do know yeah. that I, my sheep came back from, uh, went back from Scotland or from Wales to Scotland on uh, one of your old wagons there, and a great wagon it was too. So you've got some decent decent kit there. It's not just a old tin boxer. You've had some pretty uh, no, decent wagons. No, we got up together with the floats now, and yeah, it took some doing, but we're there now with some tidy gear. Good, good, good. And let's go on to the cattle then. I mean, Going to the cattle again, it, it, uh, commercial cattle. I know that you've shown for a long time, and uh, uh, breeding British blue cattle for for again a long time, and then uh, fell into the Galloways. I, I guess the farm shop might have had something to, to, to do with that, with with how you got into the Galloways. Two thousand and eight, I think. Would I be right? You got into Galloways? Yeah, I think that's the year. Um, yeah, the black. We got into the black Galloways first, which I've always had a soft spot for since the Smithfield days, because the character about and the big fluffy lugs and. Just so much character with them, you know. Um, and then we started with the belties, bought some belties for the shop as such, for a bit of an emblem for people to see the belties and associate the farm shop with the belties. And now we put all the belties and Galloways and Galloway crosses all go through the shop. Okay. So we're selling beltie and Galloway beef all year round for the shop. Uh, and do you specialise and market that? I mean, Galloway beef, is, is it all pure as well? Uh, not all pure. Um, they're either, yeah, either pure or, or a, a cross, uh, a limb cross cow or, or, you know, we run limb cross cows as well as the blue cross cows and and put the Galloway across them and gives you the good, gives you a good beast, gives you a good beast. Not, not, won't get quite as thick as the other, as the pure Galloway efforts but still got plenty of marbling and good eating quality. Sure, sure. And how many cattle are you running there now then with, with the Galloways and, and, and the commercials too and the blues? With, 
Uh, the Galloways and the commercials and everything else, there's about 370 cattle about. Okay, okay. Let's go into the Galloways a little bit because obviously the show, you know, the show circuit is something you'd been as a youngster and, and still, like the rest of us, have a, have a love for going to the shows and all the crap that that brings. But I mean, you've got to go there with the goods and, and, and do well. And, and with the Galloways, I think you started with a, a silver bell. Would it be right? Something to do with Dennis Gold, a silver bell, I guess. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we were fortunate enough. Um, we met Dennis and knew Dennis and was chatting away and we had a deal with him for a Silver Bell cow with the Silver Bell effort calf on, mm -hmm. which we took on and showed the calf the following year and she went junior interbreed champion at the Highland. That's right. 2017, would I be right? Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, it was 2017. Some pictures come up again the other day on the old uh, timeline. So, yeah, it was 2017. Some achievement and made up, like for Dennis, to have a friend in Dennis Gould's, just, you know, someone else, the man that knows the Galloways inside out. As I said, you're privileged. And, you know, Dennis, I know, has been on this podcast and fantastic. A lot of people look up to him and a uh, super man. So, yes, to, to have that in, have, have that from there, it got you a good start. And, and she did, Silver Bell did you well. And then you, then I remember, I think, was it Greasy as another, you know, a, a, a black. Um, <laughs> Galloway again, uh, uh, Gracie that won Interbreed maybe in the South of England show? Yeah, Gracie was homebred second carver. Um, I'd Interbreed at South of England this year. I'm very pleased with that. On your doorstep, went to the Highland and won her class. Never went to Yorkshire, unfortunately, because the bloody calf got pneumonia just before we went. So, um, But she went on to Eden Bridge. She went to Eden Bridge show and went champion AOB, and her last year's daughter, the yearling effort, went reserve champion AOB to her Edenbridge. So that okay. was okay. that well, was good as well. I know the south of England was judged by uh, Andy Ryder, which is uh, interesting that he'd he'd go for for a Galloway yeah. to breed. It shows that Andy's got his, his 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 eye on all the animals, not just to not just the ones he's closely involved in. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, he knows the job. Let me go back to your crossbreeds a little bit. I mean. The, the Smithfield, I know you're, we all out there, but the, the Smithfield, I think it was the Winter Fair when it was at Peterborough. There, you had a bit of a good kick at the ball with that, uh, with 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 a, with, a, with a crossbred Galloway, I think. Yeah, homebred Galloway steer, cheeky Vimto. That was a good bullet. Um, out of a blue cross limb effort by uh, Blackjack Bull, we bought in in Castle Douglas. Um, yeah, he was fantastic. He went, to, I think he went to five winter shows that year and wasn't beaten at any of the winter shows. Right. And then went native champion at Smithfield. So, uh, he's, so yeah, very pleased. Good job. And obviously, um, post-COVID uh, day, you're back at the Fat Stock shows again. I know summer shows that year. And 2021 was a good year for you as well, wasn't it? The winter fair. Yeah. Yeah, 2021 was a good year. Um, oh, Yeah, we've had a, yeah, a lot of success in 2021. I can't remember off the top of exactly what we've done with it all. But we ended up having a good go all the way through with the Galloways and the Galloway cross bullets for the, for the Christmas shows, like, you know. Certainly the Winter Fair, yeah, just it's, it's, uh, the natives. But also, as I said, you, yeah, you've got the Blues there as well. We'll go on to those in a second, maybe. But uh, do you cross the Blues on the Galloways? Is that a good cross? Yeah, I put the Galloway on the Blues. Yeah, good cross, good easy carver, nine times out of ten, an easy flesher. And that's what, that's what we need, really, is easy fleshing cattle. Sure, sure. Sure. And so we'll go on to the Belties. I mean, a little bit later when you got into the Belties, but uh, they're obviously, as you said, a status symbol for the shop and they're absolutely fantastic things to look at as well. But uh, you started fairly well with those as well and certainly gave it a good go over last year anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a bloody good go with the Belties we had last year. Was uh, 
Mary the effort we showed that went champion at the Highland and champion at Yorkshire and then went on and she's we got to go to Canada week after next to receive the prize for her being Miss Galloway of the World last year so right so that's you're going to Canada I knew I was going to say that she was voted Miss Galloway of the World and you're going to, the the world competition which it, it's gone on has been going for 10 12 years now run very capably by uh, PJ Butler and PJ's been a been a, uh, a guest on this show as well and uh, yeah, fantastic competition and uh, so you're actually going over there to receive the prize in, in, in person that's a, it's a great job yeah 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 we've been invited to go over me and Sarah's going over to receive it and to the to the show and meet PJ and everything else yeah real good real good chat speak to you on the phone like you know, proper job. Tell proper him I job. was asking for him when when you see him anyway, and and uh, talk about that effort, Mary there, and you just sort of said, oh, yeah, that was Mary. My wife fell in love with Mary. She just wanted to buy it there, and I think she she told me said go and offer him some ridiculous money, which I did, and you told me to bug her off quite rightly, but <laughs> she didn't even have room for one. She just she was just a striking beast, just just the way she carried herself, the lugs and the character and the color about her, yeah. just a beautiful she, beast. So deserved it. Yeah, she's still. Yeah, she's a good effort. She's still a good big. She's the biggest effort in the biggest cow in the herd. Like, well, effort's still in the herd uh, now. Like, so she might come out again another day. Get cut the calves alongside her and see how we go. And you'll you'll obviously flush her as well, would you? Then? Yeah, we flushed her. Got four eggs um, from her. We haven't put them in yet, but I've got four eggs from her. Okay, my my wife put Easter egg for next Easter. Then I'll see if I can buy one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I think you're in the queue at the moment, but we'll try and find you one, Andy. I'd say so. I'd say so. We don't yeah, we don't even have cattle here, but she just loved it. and 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 rightly so. As I said, a splendid beast and uh, and 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 well done. And and you showed again this year with a with a bull, a belty bull, Zeus. Would I be right? Did I had a good yeah, day that's right. Yeah, Zeus was a reserve champion at the Highland and then went on and went champion male at Yorkshire and reserve overall in the belt. Is it Yorkshire? Yeah, okay. Brilliant. Brilliant. So another good year to get back out there again, leave your best animal or leave your winning animal at home from the year before and come out with another one and still... Try, it yeah, <laughs> try to, try to. That's it. <laughs> That's the hardest part. You got to keep trying. And and the, as I said they are striking, aren't they? The the um yeah the the belties. And I read an article, funny enough, from I'll send it to you actually from the Scottish Farmer magazine from 1955. And it said that in this article, it said there was a, a busload of general public who drove by, and they believed that these those were black cows in the field, but that had a white towel tied around the middle to keep them warm. <laughs> 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 to attract attention, don't they? <laughs> they do, they do. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and going to, to to judging then, you, you had the, the, the honour, the great honour, I would say, both yourself and Sarah, to judge the Castle Douglas um, main sale uh, uh, this last back end. Oh, this, this spring, I think, wasn't it? How did that go? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we judged uh, I judged the males and Sarah judged the females in February, which was a great honour to be asked to. To go to the epicenter of the ga- of the Galloway to be asked to judge it, and very very pleased and very good and yeah, enjoyed our day, enjoyed our day. And you didn't fall out? No, 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 not that day, not that day. Not that day. But I believe the champion uh, that day made a good pra- good trade. Yeah, the champion in reserve was some other trade. I think the champion was twenty, and the reserve was twenty six. Mm-hmm. On that lines, it was a it was a good day for males that day. Well, the right males was a good trade, you know. Good, good, and, and still a lot of demand. And then, as I said, we've done a done a podcast, a couple of podcasts on the Galloways. There's still a great demand, and not not that export trade isn't quite there just now. But, uh, that might be coming in as well. A bit of interest from overseas. Yeah, we've had some. Uh, we got some cattle going to Castle Douglas end of the week, and we've um, had a, one or two Frenchmen on the 
phone asking questions about females and what have you. So it could be a bit more interest in the export again. Good. Well, I'd like to see. I'm not sure the live export's going to be open just yet, but certainly if they can get semen and embryos out there, out there, there's definitely an interest overseas for for, for Galloway's and the Belters. And of course, there's a lot in Germany and through the rest of Europe as well. And yeah. let's just go on to the, the, the British blues, the Belgian blues, as I'd call them, the, the British blues. And uh, you started with those a good while back. We still keep a few of those, uh, Jason. Yeah, still got a few blues here. Um, they're like Marmite, aren't they? Over love them or hate them, and I still love them. Um, we've had a lot of success selling bulls in Carlisle. Had a bull to ten grand and and what have you, and bulls at five and six, which we've been very pleased. We've got four or five bulls for this May May next year coming, and eggs in the tank to put in the the flush to produce more bulls. Hopefully, you know. Okay, you had a bull from my. Uh, you bought a bull from my. Uh, Rob Patterson there as well, an Ockham label, which I think you sold on again to get your money back. Yeah, yeah, he had a pull off a of Rab, done a job for us and was going to go back on his daughters and uh, time for a change round. And luckily enough, we sold him sold him again for the same money, which made me want very happy about But <laughs> <laughs> You can't keep everybody happy all the time. Nah. Yeah. Talk about a bull called Warren's Mickey, and of course he went to uh, uh, John and Craig Robertson there at Logie Ray, who, who are well-known um, sockle calf, shoe calf producers there, and do a brilliant job, and I haven't had to... Uh, Craig on this podcast yet, but we will do one of the days, Craig, if you're listening. But uh, he produced some expensive show calves, I think, for Logie Rate, didn't he? Yeah, he's done a hell of a job for Logie Rate. He's got calves, sold calves off of Mickey up to 15,000, which is unfair going for Blue Cross Lima for like, you know. Um, just got to try and sell Craig another one and make more money of him this time to make up for the last one. But whether that'll work or not, I don't know. I think he's probably done you a good advert, to be fair. Your name, your, your name will be out there in the newspaper quite regularly with those with those yeah. girls at that sort of money. So yeah, no, you, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be worried about the money. I'd be worried about uh, <laughs> take the publicity in lieu of that, uh, uh, Jace. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and let's talk about uh, sheep then. Do you like sheep? We got sheep. They're, yeah, they're all right. Um, whenever it's going all right. Um, we got Sarah got, or we got a flock of a small flock of pedigree blue texels, and we breed in um, cross rams, Beltex Charlie, Beltex Texel rams, cross rams to sell locally, and bought a few more breeding ewes this year. Um, just to have a bit, we got so much grass about us in the store. Lambs has been so dear, so we thought we'd buy a few more ewes to run round a bunch of grass off and see how we get on. On with the breeding job again. Okay, and and the blue a few blue texels there you got in there, and, and uh, doing okay for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue texels are doing a job, doing a job. Not um, not too bad at all. Difficult, difficult breed that. Well, difficult breed. I think it's sort of had its five or six years of glory, and and uh, the good ones are still a good trade. But are you, are you selling blue texel tops? So you find a market for them. Yeah, we got one or two men locally have come real to the blue texel freeze of lambing. And lambs getting on and thriving, and there's a few local men who come back every year for them, which is, which is always handy. You ain't got to traipse them all up and down the country. You can get them sold at home through word of mouth, which good, which is good. Good, and you're keen on the showing. Do you get to show the show the sheep as well? Do you show, show the fat lambs? Show fat lambs. Uh, we did show the fat lambs. Ali, me, our youngest son, got he's got three, no, two South Downs, black South Downs to show this winter okay. Um, okay. at the Fat Stockers. Um, we haven't done nothing. We used to take out some of the cross, the Char the Beltex Charlies, Beltex Texas, but now we've got MV just to help a bit to get up the front of the local sales mm. with the cross rams. 
So we've not been showing none of our own bread lambs because the MV with the Christmas job, like, you know. Of course, the made of isn't it? That's right. Yeah, they, they, once you get into those, then you've got to put them back and isolate them, haven't you? So it's... Yeah, it's just more hassle, yeah. more hassle. And and you talk about yeah the the the, the Christmas shows. Hey, you're in the Christmas shows. You're in amongst a lot of your mates as well. You can you can you, you're welcome to diss them all in in, uh, in any way you got to got fit. Uh, Jason, some of your some of your muckers there in the Christmas shows. You'd had a bit of crack with. Oh yeah, you always you go for, you, you go to win, but you go for the fun as well, don't you? And. Um, you know as well as I do, you get amongst them, Vancey and Nesbitt and Bet and Andy Ireland and Dennis and the, the, the Galloway boys as well, John Finley and Ann Finley and Big Jim Ross and it all goes together and we all have some good fun, doesn't it? That's the... It's, it's, that's what it's all about it is and for all the summer shows we go there with some fun as well as summer shows you still it's the work going on and you've got things going on at home and what have you we get to the winter shows you feel that you've earned a little bit of rite of passage to have a few days off at the, at the winter shows and and uh, as you said you, you mentioned a few names there. I could mention a few more and uh, yeah. and you had the honour of judging Live Scott in 2018 and you got away with that by the end of it yeah yeah just got away by the skin of my teeth um <laughs> Which wasn't too bad. No, I was pleased with what I'd done. Not everybody agreed with me, but that's that's the joys of judging and showing, isn't it? That's right, it is. And then you've got the honour this year of judging probably what is it might become the biggest prime stock show in the country now, the strongest prime stock show in the country now, because the, the Royal Welsh Winter Fair. Yeah, yeah, very honoured to be asked to judge the steers at the Welsh Winter Fair this year. Um, Gavin Scott's judging the efforts alongside me and we both judged together there 10 years well, I think it's 9 or 10 years ago and I've done the efforts and Gavin done the steering okay. so <laughs> it'll be good to get back together again and have another go like you know brilliant brilliant and it's a, it's a, a great show you know, a lot of Scottish cattle come down I know the Welsh cattle got the Scottish show as well but uh, Scottish cattle come down there and the boys come down for the crack and they've had it their own way for a while there and, and is, is there a bit of divide I probably shouldn't ask it is there a bit of divide between the Scottish cattle and the Welsh cattle or they all kind of come together these days yeah, all come together really now. The cattle's got the cattle used to be poles apart, but now the cattle are very, very similar. And they the cattle, the breeding, and the the breeding's moved on so much in it since when we was at Smithfield and what have you in the days. Um, the breeding now is so much. I ain't saying it's easier, but easier to get the semen and the females, perhaps, to breed the cattle. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I understand that. Certainly, they they are the classes are a lot yeah. harder, harder to judge than they would have been a, a while ago. Anyway, when as you said, when the yeah, you you get the cattle at a show like that, and you'd have two or three outstanding ones, and a lot of other ones that have come along and, and trying to give it a go. But now there's there's this, yeah, there's not a lot of difference between the first and the ones you throw at the gate, is there? No, that's right. You get a class down that Welsh of black bullocks or black heifers, and there ain't a lot between them. No. You've got 10 or a dozen of them in front of you. Sometimes it does make you scratch red, but you, you don't show everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's brilliant. And as I said, you, you, you've been in amongst that and you've had your share of winning down there as well. You showed, showed if you can't let the, the, the Winter Fair close at yourself. Yeah, yeah, I showed at the Winter Fair. For, but after the year we judged, after the year judged there, we've showed there every year since and had success. Success with the homebred cattle. The Galloway crosses and that, and the native, and they put on a native championship down there in the last two years, which is we was champion one year and reserve champion the first year and reserve the second year. But very pleased okay. to be doing that with own bread cattle and have a bit of a championship for the natives as well, which is, you know, gives you a bit of a crack to get in a 
monks it, doesn't it? Sure, sure, certainly does, certainly does. And uh, yeah, for all you say, you know, Sarah's your boss there, which she is behind you, and she's always there with you and uh, and guiding you, I think, and you guys have a good bit of crack. But you, know, you mentioned your youngsters. I think there's George as well. George and Ali are two youngsters there getting involved in the job as well, uh, Jace. Yeah, James, George and Ali. Uh, Ali's having a go with the sheep again this year. George is now a father himself, so he's um, he's otherwise occupied. And um, yeah, but they've had a go in the past and Ali's having a go now, so they might come back to it. Uh, and, and the boys would work at home with you on the farm? No, uh, Ali works at home on the farm and in the butchery. Um, James is off contracting for a chat. The oldest boy and George is doing a bit of wholesale meat trading. Okay, George, I, I did see would, would, uh, was involved in the in the youth development program there with the Angus. Uh, got a bit of a leg up with that as well. I think that's a good that's a good outfit, that isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that is good for the youngins. That is a good thing. That, that YDP and it's getting other people what quite in in the job like we are to understand that it's for everybody and not just for for show people with Anguses. Sure. A lot of general, because it was down at Angus Stobbles this year, and I had local people say to me, well, we ain't got no Angus, we ain't got this. I said, but that's what it's for, for people to go with the kids and have a, have a go and, you know, go to the classes and learn how to do it. Brilliant. I've been writing about it just recently, you know, and a fantastic thing that it is, the YDP, and they're probably the first one in the UK that really, after the Young Farmers Movement, I suppose, that started bringing together youngsters, as you said, it was originally for Angus, and then they sort of opened it up to everybody, and the other, you know, the Limousins and, and, and the Charolais and, other, and, and the Texels, they've all followed suit trying to bring the youngsters in, but the YDP was the first one, and, and uh, yeah, I've done a fantastic, fantastic opportunity for a lot of youngsters. Yeah, that's dead right. That's dead right. Yeah, give them the opportunities they need. Mm-hmm. And another show I'll mention is, is the, the Stars of the Future, something that uh, Rob Patterson and a few have been behind from the beginning and a uh, tremendous event. Again, you've been up to that one a few times, Jason. A good uh, a, 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 a class for not young young people, but for young cattle. Yeah, unfortunately, I've never made it yet. Okay. Um, I'd love to go, but it's just having the time this time of year with the fat stock shows and what have you down here to do without because you know as well as I was hell of a long draw to Sterling from East Sussex but one one year we'll get there okay well I'm I'm involved I've been appointed one of the judges this year so uh, looking forward to giving that one a go in a week or two so we'll maybe give it a shout out on, an, on a future podcast uh, Jason I've really enjoyed having your company there and uh, should have been a pair of you really on there but Tara's probably busy still working and <laughs> doing what you're not yeah. doing um, that's right that's damn right but uh, now super I've been chasing you for a while through the summer to, to get you on there and you, you were going no you're not coming on but uh, we've had a good crack and a good chat and uh, appreciate your time yeah cheers Andy thank you very much glad I've done it now Well, all the best to you, Jason, and that's brilliant. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Harbro, for their continued support. And Harbro, of course, are specialists in uh, in livestock nutrition and specialist nutrition and specialist nutritional advice, uh, free advice there that they'll give you. So uh, get in touch with Harbro and uh, and see what uh, their range of products can do for you and your livestock. Uh, pop down to your local store or contact your local representative or look up Harbro on the internet there to, uh, to find out more. And while you're there on the internet, don't forget to join our Top Lines and Tails Facebook group where you'll find photographs and other information to back up this and previous episodes.